Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. As a lifelong mechanic, I figured I'd already tried every type of hand cleaner imaginable. From mom's dish soap to dad's pumice bars. From powders to lanolin-based cleaners. I was just about to give up, say forget it, and mix up my own concoction. But then I heard about Full Bore Hand Cleaner. Full Bore isn't just another hand soap. Full Bore is a hand scrub. Full Bore is formulated right here in the USA with features like soft abrasives, skin moisturizers, and special odor eliminators. So there's no need to rewash your hands before dinner. Full Bore also has no harsh solvents, and that means there's no sticky film left behind, and Full Bore won't irritate open cuts. When you're ready to get clean, go Full Bore. Visit FullBoreClean.com and enter the code GARAGEBUILT to receive free shipping on orders over $70. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Helen Wheels Garage Built Podcast. This episode is with Tony Cianci from the Full Throttle Media Group in Tarpon Springs, Florida. Tony is the editor-in-chief of Full Throttle Magazine Florida, he hosts a weekly internet program online on his website, and he also hosts the annual Biker Bash in Pinellas County that was hosted at Burt's Barracuda Harley-Davidson this year. Tony's also the show promoter for the Boardwalk Show in Daytona Beach for Bike Week every year. Sat down and talked about the state of the industry, kind of how this coronavirus has impacted his business, and where we can see full throttle events for the rest of the year. Remember, the Central Florida Wheels of Steel Custom Motorcycle Show was rescheduled from June 13th and 14th to December 5th and 6th. We hope you can make it. Check out www.cfwheelsofsteel.com for more updates on the show, and have a great day. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Not much. Oh, man. You have a good day? Oh, you know what? As good as it can be with all this crap going on. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think that uh, when this is all said and done, I think we're going to find out that there's some 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 silver lining here. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's got to be. I think this is it. I think that doing these podcasts and radios and live streams and you name it with the social media and all that seems to be the way to go. I've done... What a week. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Yeah. Or one every day each week. So um, I'll tell everybody who I'm talking to. I'm talking to Tony Sancy from Full Throttle Magazine in Florida. Tony, I've we uh, started, I guess I've been down here 10 years, so that puts us in the same circle of people for the last 10 years. 
I saw that. Happy anniversary. You Thanks, just, man. Uh, had your 10-year anniversary down here. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, I've uh, been in the business since 03 full-time. My dad and I started the shop in 03, and then uh, he wanted to retire, like, for real, for real. And I wanted to not have to shovel snow for real, for real. So we moved oh, down here. Snow. Dude, I'm from Ohio. Trust me. I've done my time in the snow. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, what part of Ohio are you from? Uh, Toledo, originally. Jesus Christ, I'm from Detroit. Really? I used to go down to Sylvania oh, all Michigan, the time, Michigan? dude. I'm sorry, man. I, I like you. Until you oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. I don't care about any of that. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm baby. a I'm a Lions fan. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? So, Boy, you're uh, in trouble, man. Yeah. You've had some bad seasons. Bad seasons? We've had some. We've had a bad half of a freaking century. you got to be a little bit excited for the bucks come on i am because to be honest with you what really really made me happy when i heard that rob gronkowski was coming down here was when he was on uh, fox sunday nfl and said that he almost had a career-ending trade and it was when detroit was going to trade for him and i thought <laughs> fair dues man the lady that owns the the detroit lions is the, the damn crypt keeper and uh, she just needs to go away and, and let somebody else come in with some new blood. I'm telling you, the whole uh, Barry Sanders days are, are gone there, man. I, I wish, right? Yeah, they'll never. I, I mean, it, there's arguably never going to be another Barry Sanders. And so there's arguably not going to ever be another situation like that up there. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, the people that own that are old guard, old money, the Ford family, the Firestone family. Yeah, whatever. It's just, you need a whole revamp. I mean, you've been a revamping for what the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they go get the the arguably the the most successful coach available, the best players available in the draft, and they can't. But oh well, screw it. I'm telling you, let's just go I'm out a big and ride. Sports fan, I'm missing sports, man. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not. I never thought I was that into sports until I realized when you take them away, how much you miss them. You know? Are you a are you a um? When you say you're a sports fan, are you a baseball guy? But no, I, I actually play <laughs> hockey. So, I mean, I deal with with baseball because I like the playoffs. But I just baseball is so drab. Not 160 something games. It's like you can lose six in a row and it doesn't make a difference after through the season. That that's the crap that I'm like. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not a baseball guy at all. I can't do it. My brother does it. He knows all the stats and all the players. And I've, I've actually got a friend that's a former uh, major league pitcher that's a super nice guy. And I don't even talk baseball with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't get into baseball. It's like watching paint dry, you know? I'm like, all right. You know, football, great. Hockey, amazing. I play hockey, and I love watching hockey. We actually, Full Throttle Magazine sponsors uh, the team that I'm on. So, Oh, that's cool. So you're still playing yeah. now? Are you playing in the Pasco, down in Pasco County? No, I'm actually playing over at Clearwater Ice Arena. We, okay. uh, we've we won our division three years in a row, and they decided to kick us out of it and move us up. So now we're going into a, a what, CB league. It's like, oh, crap. Right. So now we're going to get our butts kicked in a yeah. higher league. Now the, now the stakes go a little bit higher. The, the, the bruises are a little bit more uh, bruisier. I'm telling you, our guy, half our guys are like, we don't want to move up. It's like, well, you can't win a division three years in a row and not get forced to move to the next up division. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Not, not how it works. Right on. Well, so uh, there's so many things going on and so much, you know, so much changing of the guard, if you will, and things that, and I, you know, I don't disparage anybody. I don't want to, but there's definitely, um, there's some other people that maybe, you know, would be competitors of yours at one point or a time or another, and, and they don't seem to be able to 
be able to weather the storm or be innovative enough and, and alter their their path. But I've noticed that um, I've seen several things recently, and that's why I reached out to you that you are taking some real substantive steps to change the di- create a digital footprint that's a little different than what you've had in the past for full throttle and create a couple of different media outlets. So let's just start at the beginning and kind of t- walk me through how you got involved in the position that you're in now from the very beginning. Like how did you become involved with full throttle? What did that look like? And, um, and then get us to get us to about two years ago. Cause that's when right. it was, I would say you were, you know, everything was really strong two years ago and there was lots of events and there was no COVID-19 and, and everybody was attending yeah. stuff, you know? So I originally came out of Toledo, Ohio, graduated high school up there. I went to a Jesuit all male high school. A lot of people don't know that. So every time I say that, people look at me like, you went to a what? A Jesuit all male high school? Believe it or not, Katie Holmes uh, out of Toledo. Yeah. Uh, was at the girls. We had sister schools. Sure. And um, she actually did the plays and stuff. So I bumped into her a few times in the hallways, which was kind of cool. Right on. But uh, I graduated and did what you did. I did not want to shovel snow anymore. So I lived up in Ohio with my mom. My dad lived down here. I said, Ma, I'm out. I said, there's, there's opportunity in Florida. There's, you know, up here, I'm going to, you know, sit here and do nothing. But, you know, maybe push snow around. I said, I'm out. So right. I came down and went to SBC, SBJC at the time. Uh, got my AA degree and did some odd jobs. I actually just wrote a bio. So I just wrote this for uh, Sturgis, actually. Um, uh, it did some odd jobs. And then I finally started working for the family. He, uh, My dad owned a publishing company. And uh, published magazines like Night Moves Magazine, which is an adult publication, Full Throttle, and God, there's so many more throughout the years. Right. Whatever. But um, I started in there at the bottom floor, and this was, God, 2000, maybe? 2001, 2002? How old were you back then? Oh, God, 98, I graduated. I came down, so 18, so I was 20. All right. And uh, it sucked because, of course, I'm the boss's son coming in trying to figure out what things are happening and yeah what's that know, like sucked because i'm the young guy and, and in this industry uh motorcycle industry you're it's an older <laughs> industry so being that 20 right. something year old boy everybody treated me like shit i was like you know i was that guy i was the boss's son so i cut my teeth actually selling ads in night moves magazine and doing paperwork and book work for full throttle magazine so I knew all the ads. I knew the people. I, did, I, I wasn't selling them, but, you know, 20-something, 21, 22, you're going to the, you know, nightclubs and sure. taking pictures and selling it to the pretty girls. That's, uh, you know, that was all fun and games until I got married and had kids. And then it's like, I can't, I can't do that anymore, you know? Right. I'd uh, work all day and then go out all night long shooting pictures. And that's just not uh, family lifestyle. <laughs> no, it does. it's not very conducive to uh, keeping peace at home. Not at all. So that uh, ended my first uh, wife and divorce. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and two kids from that, which are great. I got a, a 21 and a 14 year old right now. So um, and then I, I said, you know what? I see an opportunity that Full Throttle had that could be marketed. It could be I could put Full Throttle magazine on a billboard. You can't do that with an adult publication because it's kind of that hush hush. Sure. Now. So I said I could market. I could work it. I could understand it. And. I said, oh, I really want to run Full Throttle Magazine. So I uh, took over as the editor. God, I don't even know what year that was. But I took over as the editor, and I, I did one thing in, in uh, 2010. Um, I said, you know what? I got divorced, and I was like, I need to do that ride that everybody says you got to do. And I know you know what I'm talking about. You got to go that cross-country, that yeah. Sturgis trip, 
so nobody can be like, oh, you're just a 20-something-year-old trying to run Daddy's Magazine, you know? Right. So I took that trip from Florida to Sturgis on a 800 Suzuki uh, Volusia, believe it or not. Damn. Uh, no, got to Sturgis, rode with our group from uh, Midwest, uh, our Midwest Full Throttle, St. Louis, stayed there six days in a tent, and I'm not a camper. And then I packed everything I had, and I rode to Vegas by myself 100%. And uh, shipped the bike back from there and flew home. I was gone 14 days. It was uh, it was amazing. I, I got a good story for you real quick before we move on to all that. Like I said, I was just recently divorced, young kids. I, I said, I'm doing this trip. And I rode with a bunch of guys in the trailer and all that stuff up to Sturgis. And sure. stayed in, in a campground. You know, had a blast, man. Just an awesome time. From Sturgis to Vegas, you're talking 1,600 miles. I mean, it's a good, it's a good haul. And uh, I did it by myself. I had a gps that i bought off a guy on at the time craigslist i mean where i met him in a parking lot and right didn't even know if it worked so i had to uh jerry rig my bike to have a, a plug so it could charge and um i mean you're talking before smartphones had gps's and everything like that so i had a, a camera hanging from my wrist half the time just take when i when i saw something i'd flip it up and i'd take a picture i'm following a gps but i remember getting in the middle of nowhere and there was no cars around me I pull off, <laughs> excuse me, the side of the road. I, I maybe had, I smoked. So I had two or three cigarettes left, like half a tank of gas. No idea where I was. I didn't know what state I was in. I didn't know where it was. And there wasn't a soul around me. Right. Now, at some point there, you either go, shit, what am I doing? You know? And that's where I got. I, I started going, why am I doing this? Where am I? I? I'm in the middle of nowhere. Nobody. If I died right here, it would take an hour for somebody to find me. And I started freaking out. And then I said, you know what? No, that's that, this was a turning point in my life that I will remember forever. I said, no, I got here on a bike. I got I've gone all this way. I'm probably 800 miles, thousand miles from Vegas. I said, I'm going to finish this trip. I'm going to have a great time. And it was just like that, that terrifying. And then go, you know what? I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm going to go and do this and make it happen and finish. And it was just such an amazing spot in my life that I can remember to this day. Yeah, that was, uh, I didn't, I, I still, I've, I've taken several motorcycle trips. I've never gone on that, that large uh, of a motorcycle trip. Cause when I started riding motorcycles, uh, I had already was married to kids. And so <clears throat> I did take a trip from Detroit to Long Beach in 07 to go to Jesse's. Holy crap. Yeah. From to go to Jesse's, uh, no love party. And so okay. I, I left Tuesday morning. Got to uh, St. Louis Tuesday night, left Wednesday morning, uh, went, got to uh, Denver that night, Wednesday night. Whoa, St. Louis to Denver? Yeah. Oh, crap. Okay. No, I'm, now mind you, I'm in a truck. I'm not on a, I'm not on a bike. Oh, I'm okay, okay. I'm like, whoo, I'm like, God dang, man. No, I had two bikes right in the there. back of my truck, and I was driving out to – Long Beach, because I wanted to ride my West Coast chopper out there at the No Love Party, and I wasn't right, going to try to drive that across the country. Um, so I I get to Denver, and I end up sleeping in a couple of uh, like in Aspen and Vale at, at some for a few hours each time until I froze my ass off and had to had to get going to start <laughs> the truck back up. But I get into Utah, and as soon as I got into Utah, there's a pull off there somewhere on whatever highway I was on. And I remember getting out and laying down in the back of the pickup truck and looking at the sky and just being mesmerized with how alone I was, 
There was no light pollution. There was no sound pollution. And I kind of had some of the same ideas that you did. Like, I'm really not by anybody right now. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get back in my truck and I'm going to sleep in the back of the truck until I, whenever I wake up. And uh, I could very well be murdered in my sleep if, and no one would know. Was, I didn't think that was going to happen, but if it did happen, I knew that no one was going to know, right? So I ended up driving through, and I got to Vegas at about three, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday and I was or Thursday, and I was like, shit, I'm just going to – I know that L.A. is only a few hours from Vegas from everything I've ever read or heard, so I just drove the rest of the way into Long Beach, and the rest was, you know, kind of history the, the weekend. But I get what you mean where you're – where that you have that epiphany – where you know your mortality becomes evident, your clarity, you you tune into some pretty pretty clear signals from from the the planet and other things. You know, life in general is put into one perspective at that point. I feel like you take Happy, a knot. He's scared. It's like, holy crap! Oh wait, yes, this is what the life is about. It's like, my goodness, I it really and I I, I feel it. I I know where you were at in that point where you go. What am I doing? Oh, wait, I know what I'm doing. We're going to freaking go do this and make it awesome, you know? Yeah, and it's like you take something that's wound up kind of and you just pull it straight and snap it out, and it, it just everything becomes very clear at that point. It was it was very – it was like you said, it was very um, – I don't know I don't know what the right word is, but it was definitely an epiphany where I learned that, hey, you know, um, it, it, was a, it was very cool, you know? I've had a hard time putting a word to it too because it's it, – like I said, I went through so many emotions in the – five minutes of pulling over on the side of the road, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. And that's what I really knew. I was a biker and I knew it. This is what I want to do in life. And it was, it was awesome. And I, again, I made it to Vegas. I had a great time. Now I have to ask because I was checking out your, uh, your, your, uh, Instagram before this, uh, we, we did this, you know, I need that license plate with the dice on it. Right. I mean, I don't know if you can see my hand here, my tattoo. Yeah. You know, I, I really need that license plate. <laughs> Here's the problem with, with that. that. Dice on where that, I know where that came bike, from. But, uh, and where that, that came is, from, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that, a buddy of mine. I got that from a buddy of mine, Warren. Billy's brother. Of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, right. The, you're not letting that sucker go. No. Away. There's a dude selling yeah. one over in the UK, but he wants a king's ransom for it. That is, I saw that and I'm like, okay, what do I got to do to get that license plate? Because, yeah, uh, that particular one would be tough to wrangle from me. I don't think, I, I couldn't part with it just because of where it came from. And that bike. It's even mangled too. I was like, oh is. man, it's even got like like life to it. There's I'm a like, story to that. Know. So the reason why I'm keeping that and I'm collecting certain kinds of parts is that bike, that was my West Coast chopper originally. So the tins that are on that were originally on my West Coast chopper. I built, in 2005, Jesse had a sale for a thousand bucks. You could get a frame. So I bought, a, I ordered a frame for my birthday in 2005. Well, 2006, around my birthday, it was literally almost 365 days to the day, I get a phone call from Rockabilly J saying, hey, uh, do you still want this frame? I'm like, absolutely. So I waited a full year. They mailed the frame like two months later. That was in 06. So I had to wait a complete year. It took me a year to collect parts for that. So fall <laughs> of 07, I put that bike together. It's raw. It's not painted. All the parts are, are borrowed, begged, stolen, trade, whatever. I uh, I put it in. We put it in a trailer. We go to the Indian Larry Block party. And while I'm there, my buddy Darren's like, "Dude, you got to let me paint this bike. You got to let me paint this bike. You got to let me paint this bike." I'm like, "I can't afford to 
look at my bike. I can't afford to have you paint paint a bike, you know? <laughs> and at the time, I had a set of shitty risers on it. I had a set of old uh, Chopper Zinc whiskey bars. Um, I had a set of... Uh, I had a, a seat that I had made just with some foam rubber. I mean, it was duct tape, and it was it was... <laughs> It was a shit show, but we just wanted you to go that to Frankenstein, didn't you? Yeah, we just wanted to go to the Indian Larry Block Party. So we come home from that. I take the bike apart to powder coat the frame and, you know, going to paint the tins. Well, Darren ended up saying, look, I had done a shit ton of business with him the year, that year prior and the year before that. And he's like, just send me your tins. I'll take care of it. So I put my whole bike together, put it in a trailer with no fenders on it no gas tank and drove it down to Daytona and we put it together at the Baker drivetrain rental house. We put it together in the driveway. And the first time I rode my bike all painted was in Daytona and I had had oh, no man. input on the paint. So flash forward another year later and I got it in my stupid head that I needed to sell my bike to build another one instead of just keep, you know, if you're going to be a bike builder, right? So this dude talks me out of it. I end up driving down to Kentucky. We make the exchange. I drive home from Kentucky. It was actually the night that Obama was elected. I come home, pissed at myself that I got rid of my bike. My wife's pissed that I got rid of my bike. So I lose track of the bike. 2017, 2017, I get a text message from a dude who owns it. He's in South Carolina, and uh, he wanted some get some information on it, and he had changed the seat. So I told him, Hey, what did you do with that seat? And he's like, oh, I still have it. And I said, I'll buy it off of you. So I bought the seat off of it. About another six months to eight months later, he calls me. He's like, look, he goes, every time I take this bike somewhere, somebody recognizes it. It's your bike. I'd like for you to have, you know, I'd like to have it redone is what he told me. And I said, what are you going to do with the tins? He's like, well, I'm going to have them repainted. I said, I tell you what, bring me the bike, bring me new sheet metal. I will fit all the new sheet metal and I will pay to have it painted whatever you want done. So we did that. I ended up getting everything off that bike, the exhaust. The, oh, the only thing man. I didn't get was the frame, engine, trans, a um, couple little incidental parts. But I have those tins, and that frame that everything's on was built for me by Paul at Bare Knuckle Chopper. So all of my friends um, have had a hand in that bike. You know, that bike's going to have a lot of sentimental value to me. So in that particular tumbling dice, um, I bought a bike off of Warren three years ago or so. And uh, that was the license plate that was on it when it crashed. And I didn't get that in the sale. And he texted me and we did some trading and I got that from him. So All right. All right. Well, that's understandable then because that, that plate is pretty awesome. I was sitting there going, man. Yeah. The and you know what's dice. funny? I just had the I know the, I know the feeling because I just had to sell my bike, my first bike. That Suzuki. I made the trip on. Right. That in my life, I said I'd never sell. I'd never get rid of it. It's a Suzuki. It's, I mean, it's not worth, but you know, I, I got 1200 bucks for it, but I was so down on money this during this COVID thing. I had to start selling stuff to make ends meet. And, um, I ended up giving it to a guy who had his bike stolen. So what happened was there's a news story while the guy's making COVID masks for right. all the doctors and stuff. Somebody went to his house and stole his Suzuki. And, uh, he did, they did a story on it. So I get a call from a guy who says, Hey, I know you're selling it because you're trying to make money. How about I pay you for your bike and you give it to this guy? And I'm like, seriously? Um, he's like, we'll call the news. Next day, we're there at noon, giving the bike to the guy. He gives me the money. I mean, it's great because it went to a guy who knows who Full Throttle is. I told right. him my first bike. Loved the story. He's like, dude, I'm never going to get rid of this. It's awesome. I'm like, 
Huh. I said, you have no idea what this bike means to me. And, and, and the fact that I can give it to you, you, you know, it's, it, it went for a good cause, but man, let me tell you, getting rid of that bike just recently here. I mean, last month, it's like, I didn't want to, but when times are tough and I got a daughter's feed, yeah. what you gotta do. Yeah. So let's, I mean, without dwelling on any of the negative stuff, let's talk about like, this is, uh, this has definitely been a game changer for a lot of people, especially guys like you that are content creators and event promoters. And you put on concerts, you put on motorcycle events, you put on all kinds of stuff. Where do you, what's the, where do you go from here? What's your move? What's the next move? Well, I mean, I, I, everything came to a dead stop. I don't want to talk negative, but no. it, everything came to a dead stop. So you know, I had my, my days where I'm up and down going, is business going to come back? What do I do? What's the new norm is, you know, when's the next time we can have a bike night? And, you know, I made my way through and I've done a lot of like this podcasts, live streams, radio shows, uh, you know, with the help of attorney Fran Hosh, they're amazing. I, if you don't know who she is, she's one of the big uh, attorneys that do deal with the motorcycle community in the Tampa area. And, um, you know, talking with them and getting things going. We just did a live stream last night. Yeah, I watched um, it, the Everywhere Eddie show. Yep, and that yeah. was, uh, you know, ran through Full Throttle Magazine. And um, we had Christy Grotti, uh Saxton on there from Nation's Fire. Uh, and then what we did was it was kind of like a sit-down, you know, David Letterman kind of thing where he interviewed them and then he threw it out to us at Quaker. And then I enjoyed the hell out of it. Then we played a little game. It was like, let's make fun what we're doing let's make this fun instead of just sitting here and you know kind of talking back and forth let's do some stuff you know i felt like that that was the that was the the impression that i got it was very carson very carson-esque i, I thought it was it was it was very well it played very well to to certainly uh eddie's demographic and you know i don't want to speak on your demographic you know more than i do about that but you know I, a lot of people are having a hard time trying to find out uh, i mean first off i don't know if you know this or not but i have you know i was talking with one of the guys from discovery and not only are they rerunning old programs that were successful before that they've ran they're running programs that had never been run from those that maybe didn't make the cut you know for like second string but they're running what they call c and d programming right now programs that were that are in the can that were produced and never aired because they didn't fit they didn't feel like there was enough traction there or something else was doing better there wasn't a place for them they're running these programs and Places like Amazon Prime and Netflix are dying for content right now because people are, that's what people are doing. People are, you know, people got to keep, keep occupied. And it's funny because I was just watching something on, on uh, TV and they said nothing ever dies that gets made. And, and, you know, it goes on a shelf and it comes back when it's time for that to hit its spot. Like, right. like you're saying, some of these C and D and B stuff that's been made that just wasn't right, you know, like. It was oversaturated when the you know Paul Jr. and Senior were oh, on yeah. TV. Everything was all it was all bike stuff. You know what? That took a little you know did its thing, and now the resurgence of that is cool again. You know everything it's everything cyclical. You know sure Jesse's doing um, Monster Garage again. So, you know Monster he's filming Garage he's again. filming stuff. So I mean the bike stuff is is great and uh, and that wasn't an easily done thing. You're talking. We had weeks of, of pro of calls into that and how we were going to do it and who was going to do it. Right. And uh, it was crazy because, uh, you know, it's it's running in our program and I'm sitting there going, you know, I love TV stuff. I do TV stuff. I do my right. show on Fridays. But I let Eddie run this one and I said, this is going to be cool. This is going to be something that, um, you know, 
I think we're going to do every other Wednesday, and then the Wednesdays that we're not doing any show, we're going to sit at Quaker Steak and kind of do some fun stuff, talk to people that come through, talk to the bands, promo the events coming up. Kind of just, if you can't make it to bike night, you can still watch it on the, on here. And, yeah. And that's the idea. Well, do you do you, uh, do you you know who Chris and Heather Callen are? Uh, is that the Chris and Heather show or something that's like that? The, or? They have Shop Talk. It's on Facebook. Uh, it's very well produced, and they own Cycle Source Magazine. Okay. No, I so, don't know who they are per se. I know Cycle Source Magazine. But yeah, yeah, so Chris and Heather, they produce a show called Shop Talk, and it's very, very well produced, and they do it they do it using computers and the tools that they have at their disposal, and they do a fantastic job with content. They do a fantastic job with kind of keeping keeping the ebb and flow of conversation moving around, and, you know, it's very well produced. Um and it's very well it's it's very well attended as far as online you know online views it's you don't have to leave your house to do it you can watch it on a device you can watch it on a on a uh, on a laptop you can you know shoot it up to your google home you know that you have on your tv or your iphone your apple tv something like that you know you can you can cast it so i mean it, they do an awesome job it's just funny that i'm seeing so many people creating content i think it's great because so what's and what's even more amazing is, and I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but fine. 10 years ago, we owned something called a TriCaster. I, I don't know if you know what a I TriCaster is. I know what a TriCaster is. is. It's very expensive. We, very expensive piece of machinery. And you're talking before Facebook had live streaming. Uh, we were out there doing live stream events with this TriCaster, moving it around. You know, like you said, it was a twenty, thirty thousand dollars oh, machine. machine. Yeah. We had cameras and lights, and we were going to a bar, and we charge a bar two, three hundred bucks to come in and do this whole setup, talk to the owners, talk to the bartenders, produce this hour long show that nobody was seeing because it was way too advanced for its time. And it was nobody super expensive to, to put stuff on TV. I mean, you get guys oh, like you couldn't do TV. This was all online stuff. We like yeah, and the bandwidth that it, the this. bandwidth that it would capture and, and encapsulate was so. I mean. You had to buy that bandwidth. Now you don't have to buy it on Facebook. They're using that. It's a. It's really a very, a very good um, ebb and flow of. You're providing content. They're providing an audience, and they're able to sell time to the audience. That's that's not like. Um, I'll give you a better example. If you're talking about a network program, you have network sensors, right? And those network sensors are trying to placate advertisers. Well. Through algorithms and through paying attention, Facebook can make sure that the advertisements that are on while you're on fit the demographic. And it's not your job to go out and sell that advertising time. It's not your job to be responsible for that advertising time. And they're never turning content off unless it's you know no. outside of the scope well, of what their guidelines and then are. The idea is let their algorithm move to see their people. And if I get those numbers and I can turn around and, and at least get my – my costs of my show covered. You know what I mean? Because I can go. Yeah, we hey, can use that as a tool. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in and I know I'm going to get, when I'm done, 10,000 views on this. Right. Is 10,000 views worth $250 to you? Of course it is. 10,000 views, you get one call that can make 250. You know what I mean? That's, sure. That's a, it's a drop in a bucket to get that many views. We have 146,760 right now. I think I just looked at the number. So that's how many fans we have on our full throttle Facebook page, 146,000. That's massive, um, by the way. It, and, and let me tell you, it's a long process. I jumped on uh, this, and, and I'd like to say I'm kind of in front of the, the curve, but you can't be too far in front of the curve, I learned. Um, 
Yeah, because you don't like get any push. No, you don't get it. Like, it didn't come overnight to 146,000. I was doing massive posts back in the day that were getting million views before they cut that algorithm and said, okay, everybody's liking your page. We can't give you those likes anymore, you know? And then yeah, you got to buy them. And then two, well, a couple of years back, they did this where they, they cut out all the dead Facebook pages and everybody's numbers took a big drop because dead Facebook pages that were following you were on your numbers still. But, you know, and I didn't lose that many because I have real people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never went and bought them in, in, or at least promoted to get new likes until the last couple of years. Well, and, you've got to uh, produce content. Content is what creates readership and listenership and followership. You know, so we would put, you know, the magazine online and then, you know, now when as soon as they came up with Facebook Live, you know, when they when you could live stream, mm -hmm. I already knew how to do it. Yeah. You know, and now they got apps like Switcher. Switcher is a great app that we're using and Mixer and all these. other. And Switcher is a TriCaster. And I sit there and I go, I said, you realize Switcher is a thirty thousand dollar machine 10 years ago. Yeah, but they now can sell it to they can sell it to yeah. 30,000 people instead of 3000 people. Yeah, for sixty bucks you can you can have a, a basically a tricaster in your phone. Uh, it, it's <laughs> just I'm like I was way too ahead of the curve on that one. But well, I mean you know I love it. Yeah, I, I I think that I think this is the future, right? I mean you obviously know. I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna guess and say that the the number of tangible books that you produce has got to be cut in half over the last five years, just because it doesn't. You know, you can get it if you can get it on your phone. It's, it's Believe much faster. Believe it or not, up until March, I'll tell you, March, I printed 20,000 magazines. Now, March was bike week, and I and I came back with maybe three 400 left after bike week. Now, they were all picked up. I know they went out because I put them in people's hands. And right. People still want, they still want a tangible asset. They still want to sit down and read this. I'm a magazine so, guy. Uh, but, yes, I have, you know, I print 20,000 magazines, but I'm still getting 20,000 views online, too. That's good. So, I mean... You, you, our magazine's free online to read, always has been, and I, I never want to change it. I had somebody approach me and said, why don't we charge and read it online? I said, that doesn't do anything for my advertisers in the book. It's always got to be free. Um, you know, we're trying to change our website to be more of an e-commerce site, you know, sign up and get first chance of tickets and T-shirt prices dropped. And, you know, I was approached with that. And I said, as long as the magazine will be free, I've never made a dime for my website. So I said, you know what, let's do this. You, whatever you make, we split on the website and, you know, and, and as long as you, my magazine's up there and it's free, that's all that matters to me. Right. You know? Well, that, so, I mean, that's good that, you know, um, I don't charge for my podcast. You know, a lot of people don't cool. charge for the podcast, but a lot of people put their podcast behind a paywall. And I, I, I would caution people about that, that man, I, that, that the beauty of this medium is that it, it's free to listen you know what I mean? It doesn't devalue the the information. See, I'm a fa I I couldn't I didn't understand podcasts. For some reason, I got weird and skipped on the podcast world because I said, "Is it a podcast a live stream?" And they're like, "No, well, podcasts are more audio than visual, right?" Right. And so I'm like, "But I I'm a face guy. I like being I like being the face. I like yeah. Hey, if I can live stream, why don't I live stream to my people?" And I never kind of, which I think is cool that you invited me. So you know, in this week alone. I have been on a morning radio show. My dad does a morning radio show in Clearwater called Good Morning Clearwater. I've done our live show Wednesday night. Tomorrow I do our live, uh, our web show. Every Friday we do it at noon, and now I've been on a podcast. So you tell me where the world's going. I've been on four different shows, and I had to turn one down today 
because I was doing this podcast with you. So I guess that's the way the world's going, isn't it? Yeah, and but and and so it doesn't. You have to. You're responsible for. I think you're responsible for how you react to the information that you're given, whether it be political information, financial information, uh, anecdotal information. So this is just information. It's just entertainment. I mean, I'm having, I enjoy doing this. I've been doing this for eight years and I'll be honest with you. I started doing it and it was so hard. You had just mentioned that you didn't, it, it was kind of lost on you. It wasn't a medium that you saw a lot of value in right out of the front gate. And, and it's, it, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not, saying that that's bad at all i thought it was cool because most of my friends don't live by me like i have some friends that live by me but like my closest friends don't live by me and i have this is how i communicate with them my best friend lives in the united kingdom so for the first legit the first eight years that we were good friends it was emails very expensive phone calls i mean 35 and $40 phone calls for half hour, 20 minutes. Right. Jeez. And so, and now I talk to him just about every single day, face to face on FaceTime. He's kind of in my world. I'm in his world. So other than the times that we're actually in the same room, which we try to do two to three times a year now, it, it's, it's changed all of that. So I started doing it in 2012. I did 10 episodes. I said, okay, I'm going to do 10 episodes. I left, and then when it was so hard to book guests, dude, it was tough. <laughs> I, know, like, I mean, you're trying what to are like we talking to? <laughs> one. The tenth episode I did was with Darren Williams, the painter that painted my bike that I told you about earlier. And so, the first like few minutes of the conversation, you can hear me. He's like, "What are we going to do?" I'm like, well, "We're just going to talk. We're going to have a normal conversation like we normally talk, but we're going to record it and we're going to release it." He's like, "How long is it going to be?" I'm like, "Well, it's usually about an hour." He's like, "We're going to talk for that long?" I'm like, "It goes fast." And he goes, yeah. well, does anybody listen to it? I'm like, actually, a lot of people listen to it. And uh, you, like 55 minutes or 58 minutes, I'm like, that's an hour, dude. He's like, really? That went fast. And so, but I just said, you know what? I'm trying to book people and it's hard. And the equipment was really expensive back then to do it. And the bandwidth was really expensive to do it. And so um, a couple years ago, I started kind of, getting all my equipment back out. I always paid so that my, I always kept my podcast live. It was always on iTunes, always on iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those things. So you can go back and listen to eight years ago podcasts. That's awesome. But I committed to 52 episodes this year, minimum of 52. And Damn. so we're, but it's fun. I mean, this is, you're like you said, you're like, dude, man, I really, I can't just, get in the car and drive you got kids and things and stuff and your world is an hour away but this is very convenient i mean i'm looking at you you're looking at me i'm you know i fucking it is exactly is exactly what what this is supposed to be this is a good medium well when you said do you want to do my podcast i, I kind of was like super excited you asked me number one thank you yeah number man. two i was like i haven't done a podcast and my my <laughs> kids listen to podcasts and my kids were just you know my mom just called me from Ohio while we're sitting here talking and my kid tried to FaceTime me, which she never does. So it's kind of funny, but it's like, I never do podcasts. So I was like a new medium and I was like super excited. So I said, hell yeah. That's why I'm like calling you early. I was sitting there watching my watch going, what time do I got a call? And you're like, Oh, we could do this now. I'm like, Oh, I, I just thought we had something planned, you know? No, I, I thought we were, well, remember I said, you want to come over next Tuesday and then it was the, the, the time barrier and that. And so this works out just fine. This is, you oh, know, I love it. Yeah. Doing, 
doing it face to face in the same room, that's a little different experience, but the information's still the same. It's things, you know, you know how it is when you're on the phone with somebody and, and being in the room with them, it, it's a different medium. But so when I started doing it again, um, it, it took right off. It was, it was, you know, and so this year I made, well, you were in front of the curve. It sounded like, like, like I said, if you're barely in front of the curve, it's great. If you're way in front of it, it's hard to, to, cause it sits for so long and you're like, when's this going to catch on? You know, people want, want to do podcasts. Now, like when you ask somebody to be on it, most people are already know what it is. So it doesn't sound weird to them and they're in they're in. And the one thing that I'll tell you that I have, I think this medium has over a lot of other mediums is, once I put a podcast out, it's out. So until this year, I turned down any sponsorship. I, you know, I do have two sponsors now that I'm working with, but I've turned down other people that want to give me money because I'm like, wait, just hold on to your money. Let me get through the next 10 episodes. Let me, let me, you know, figure out what my advertising plan is going to be so that you can get in here and it's low cost of entry. But um, it, it, the ads are always there. Right. So if I've got ads that are, I've got podcasts that are out eight years ago, there's arguably, that means that, you know, it's kind of a timestamp of, of what was going on. So if you advertise, your advertisement is, is live. You can't, you can't modify the podcast once it's out, once it's released, it's out. You know what? And you're, you're a good businessman. I, I, I love Thank listening you. to you talk sometimes, but have you watched the, uh, the, the movie with the Facebook where he learns it? What's that called? The, the connection the, where, um, Justin Timberlake's in it and the network about, uh, or whatever the network. Yeah. I have well, not. So in that movie, they say, you know, he wants to charge. Facebook was becoming big and he wanted to charge right away and put ads on there, get sponsors. They're like, wait, it's not cool yet. It's gotta be, it's right now. The cool factor is why people are joining and they took forever till they really sold their first ad on Facebook because it's gotta be something people want first, then you can advertise on it. It want, yeah, the value has needed, to be high. You need you know? to, you know, your the, value model. The cool factor has to be there before you can actually put, you know, uh, uh, a Kellogg's, you know, commercial on there or, you know, a Harley commercial on there, you know, then you're just looking like you're trying to sell sponsors and it doesn't get its thing. You right. Know? It's gotta be the cool factor has to be there first, which podcasts have to have like this. I, and, and don't take this wrong because you do one, but no. it's like an underground cool factor. It's like, no, oh, you, I, you that's the Rogan, part of it. You, yeah. I hear about Rogan so much. I'm do you like, not watch I him? I don't even know. I, I don't. I'm like, God, I got to figure out how to see this Rogan show because everybody talks about it. Dude, it's, uh, it's definitely, I had my first podcast in 2010. It was a podcast called The Bottom Feed. And it was me and another friend of mine that we just talked shit and mostly on politics and current events, right? We tried to make it funny and, and that. And then uh, we did that with the do we had the clunkiest hardware and the I don't even remember we 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 uh, we had it on UStream and it was a video podcast I don't even know if it still exists if it does I would love to watch it because it was it'd be hysterical because it's ten years old <laughs> but um I did that for a while we had a few episodes that went out and it, it just didn't it wasn't clicking with me and that guy weren't that I was doing it with weren't clicking so. A uh, year and a half, two years later, I started doing the motorcycle podcast. And here's the thing that I have over, not over people, but I have a lot of friends in this industry because I've been in it so long. And I can, people know that I'm not trying to be a fucking clown. So if I want to get you on here and we're going to talk, most of the people that I have on here are people that I know. I mean, at least to know, like I know as well as, as I know you. 
Uh, very few people do I do I try to interview that I'm just meeting them for the first time when I interview them. I did one uh, a few episodes back. I did it with a guy that I just a vegan biker that I thought would, I just found him to be interesting on Instagram. A you know? vegan biker. That's yeah. Be tough. The, the dude's the dude's a vegan biker, and it's a real nice guy. And it was a decent podcast. But my best podcasts are generally when I'm talking to somebody who understands what we're trying to do and really has either a product or a service or an opinion that, that they really want to get out there. And, and, Oh, I'm opinionated. Don't get me wrong. Listen, oh, I know. I, mean, I, I, I think that's you why you and I flat earth. I could do that too. I mean, I, I'm flat earth. Are you a flat earther? Listen, I, you know what? I'm a button pusher. Oh I'm yeah, I am to too, point. dude. I'm a troll. I, I am Mr. We've never landed on the moon, flat earth. And if I see somebody get get heated about flat earth, I push even more. I don't believe it. Of course not. I mean, there's. You I gotta, don't think we've been on the moon. I'd I fucking say that right now. I'd tell Trump that. I would tell Neil Armstrong that. I don't think we've been on the moon. There's not I a fucking so snowball's chance in hell that we've been on the moon. I know You're for telling- a fact that Stanley Kubrick has a, had a fucking su- sound set, sound set, set whatever, sound set, lighting set in Hollywood where he was filming stuff for NASA. And why is the flag on MTV flapping around, man? There's no wind I'm up there. I'm telling you, listen, I'm, but I, I love when I see someone get heated about it, and I'll start pushing that button. Yeah, I'm, and, and, I'm and, just a contrarian. Yeah, I just like, I like what now. I want to hear there because they're like, well, of course the Earth's round. I said, why? Did you go up there and see that the Earth's round? Have you, you, you have to believe every picture, every astronaut, and go ask the astronauts. They don't talk about anything. They don't, they're not, no. open, they're not open about anything and no. you're never going to get up there high enough to see. No, so I, I don't think the earth is, I don't think you. the earth is flat, but I, I don't either, but, but, it, I, but I it's like, fun. dude, it is, I, I love nothing more than to have a good substantive debate. As long as people don't start calling each other names Yep. and I've been a, there, but, um, you know, it's like, let's let everything is, uh, especially art and motorcycles it are, it's all subjective. You know, some people don't like the color green. Some people don't like pro streets. Some people don't like imports. Some people don't like Harleys. You know what I mean? I can I have a conversation. Bikes. Pro streets are tough to love, though, man. I, you know, what is it? The dig. What are the diggers? Are they diggers? Diggers Those would be like a really narrow, like old tough school. To love. Really, I love Those them. Those are tough to love. Yeah, I, I like diggers. Do. I listen. You and I live in two different worlds of the motorcycle industry, too. So we do. I know that. We do. But we need you, to be make fun of my big wheel bagger. But uh, now, listen, old school I've chopper. built 11 big wheel baggers. And I and here's what I'll say. I'll put my big wheel baggers as far as anybody around here. I, they're just as good as anybody else's. Even Corey's. Corey's has got more fabrication. And Corey and I are very, very, very good friends. Mechanically. My, the, you know, my bikes are just as good as his. He just, he's got a knack where his bikes are cooler than mine. There's hands At down. The time. No, yep, right just now. absolutely. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. You know, Je- I can't build, a, I, I can't build a frame like Jesse James did. I mean, I've got three West Coast choppers here that are, dude, I stare at them every day, at least for a minute or two, just go, like, damn it, man. Like, I you know, know right? the, the level of quality that is, is put in there and the level of, you know, I'm not creative. I'm not. I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm really good at. I'm a silver tongue devil. I'm. I enjoy motorcycles, <laughs> and I will tell everybody. I am a fan first. I don't. Listen. I, I, my I, problem I, with you big, know, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You go do your. I thing. was going to say my problem with big wheel baggers was the flip flops and the board shorts and the people not under respecting how long it really takes to do a good job on something. It was mostly Agreed. some of the con, some of the some of the clientele that I had. Now I had some great clientele too. 
and I've built some really nice bikes and I really like all of the bikes that I built. I really like, and I pretty much like all the people that I built bikes for, but if look, man, I, I, I my like friends, much. No, my friends kidding. clown on me, my friends clown on me. We clown on each other hard. And, and that's where the, that's why my, they're friends. Yeah, exactly. If you're not going to, if you're not going to call me an idiot, if I'm being an idiot, then you're probably not being a friend of mine. I need, you know, two people that agree on everything. One of them is completely useless. And nobody wants a yes, man. Like, I, I put on bike shows. One of the things that I've grown into is I've judged through Full Throttle Magazine. I probably judge a thousand bike shows. And right. when I, I, you know, going back to the history of Full Throttle, I bought the magazine. I, I, I was running it all. I bought the magazine from my dad in 2013. And uh, because it didn't get its whole view on it, you know, there was a publishing company. So there was four or five other magazines I was getting sharing time with. Right. Well, when I bought it, I said, okay, it gets a hundred percent of my time. I'm going to take this magazine to a, to another level. You know, I, I tripled its income in, in three years. I tripled the income of what the magazine was doing. I took it outside the state. I did things that my dad and, and before would have never done. I go do shows in Las Vegas, Sturgis. You were in Galveston, Bologna, weren't you? Galveston, uh, uh, you know, um, um, Wisconsin, you know, for the 110th, they, they called us and had us come up there and do a show. You know, I go to Vegas and our Vegas bike show that I love Vegas. I've been there 30 damn times. And when I get to do a bike show in Vegas, it was bigger than any other show out there. And it was the Thursday show of the first day of the event. And I'm sitting there going, I was sitting in Vegas going, I can't believe I'm judging a bike show in Vegas, little old Florida full throttle. And, you know, we come out there, we bring the trophies. I did the, the whole thing. It was just me. And it was, it was awesome. And that's how I'm taking full throttle to be bike shows and, and, and go out there and do them. And I, I love a bike from a triumph to a Suzuki, to a garage build, to a bagger, to a, I like chopper, anybody's everything. bike that they really truly like their bike. When people talk about their bike, it's like talking about their dog Kids. or child or, yeah, I get or, it. or a family member. They go, God, you know what? Like I said, when I sold my bike, I literally got a tear in my eye when I put it online and said I had to sell it to make my ends meet. And yeah, it, it sucks. But it's again, in retrospect, it's just a bike, you know, but and I, those stories will never leave it. But, right. you know, at the same time, I sit here and go, man, I got so many sentimental things about that bike that I don't want to get rid of it. But. It's just a hunk of metal when it when it comes down to it, and I love all bikes. I love every style: trikes, uh, scooters, even you know Cushmans to to Vespas. It's like anything on two wheels gets me going. I can't go to a car show. I don't know about you. I'm car a car guy. Zero car shows do zero for me. I, I look and I go, you need a car. Cars are cars. They've been yeah. going from here to there. You need cars. You don't need a motorcycle. A motorcycle is is its own thing. It's each one. It's such a fingerprint, you know? Yeah. I mean, I trust me. I have a lot of motorcycles, so I mean, I've got a definite motorcycle problem and I'm a car guy too. I'm a car guy too. Really? See, I just can't get into them. I can't go to a car show and go, man, look at that, man, look at this. You, you can't know, grow like, up in Detroit and not have be a car guy. It's, okay. Like, so that, that would I'll give acceptable. you that. <laughs> it's not even acceptable. Um, so, Okay. So let's you you've touched on a couple of things there that you're you're putting shows on across the country, right? So yeah, what is the rest of your what is the rest of your summer and in, in fall look like? Are you doing Sturgis? And what are you We're, doing in Sturgis? We are planning a trip to Sturgis. We actually do a show out in Sturgis at the Buffalo Chip. Okay. Uh this year it's called the Bagger uh Showdown. Hold on. It's um 
It's going to be called the old brands uh, Bagger Blast Off. We're and doing it the Buffalo Chip with uh, with Woody and them, and we go out there every year and stay there and have a great time at the Buffalo Chip. Been doing that for five years now out there. Um, what day I is that? Have, that is. Hold on. They just sent me these ads, so I'm working on August 12th. So August 12th, and we're doing a ride from Florida this year. So one of the things that we set up is we're, if you ever want to go to Sturgis, this is the big one. This is the 80th, you yeah. know, so this is the one everybody wants to go to. We're leaving here uh, a 14-day trip, five days travel up to Sturgis. So we're not busting anybody on 600 miles a day or something like that. I mean, it's 2,000 miles. We're going to try and get four under our belt the first day get out of the state of Florida up into, you know, Alabama to Mississippi, somewhere over there and then shoot up and then, you know, spend four or five days in Sturgis and then a five day trip back. We're going to have vehicles to travel, you know, put your gear, you put your gear in. We're going to make a route. You got to book your hotel rooms. That's they awesome. Have a specific, yeah. It's, I, from what so far we have planned, it looks great. They even have a specific area for everybody to camp together at the Buffalo gym. Nice you know, near a bathroom, near a little creek. It's they got some camper hookups, so we're like. Well, Woody and those dudes okay. are very accommodating. They they that's a that's a that venue is. I mean, come on, dude, that's an amazing you realize, venue. You realize, and he's a cool dude too. Do you know he brought in Snoop last year? Uh, I I didn't see Snoop, but I was backstage uh, during Godsmack. Um, I actually right, got I like to it. see. I already, I actually got to stand right next to Willie G. Uh, okay, we, that's yeah, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, we were we that was that was that was fun. I mean, you know, I, just like you, I'm sure you find yourself in some pretty amazing situations being in this business. <laughs> Occasionally, you, know? you sit there and go, "Why am I here? What's going on?" Right, and where you realize you go, "Wait a minute, oh, I'm holy shit! I'm backstage. This is cool, you know." But yeah, we had. I'm to take, not gonna uh, lie. I may have told Fran Hash that I really want to meet Tom Brady. I just, you know. You may or may not have. You may or may I, not have told you know, him. She's a big backer of the Bucks. She he probably won't stuff, shake your like, hand, though. He's a germaphobe, from what I hear. Is he really? Yeah, that's what I hear. I didn't know that. You know, oh, well. So is Carrie Hart. Do you know Carrie? Yeah, yeah. We were sitting next to him in Daytona. There's one. We're sitting in Daytona having a meeting, and Carrie Hart's right there next to us. And I looked over, and I said, uh, it was Beth and Bert from Bert's Barracuda. And I yeah. looked over, and I said, hey, uh, isn't that Carrie Hart? And she just dropped her face and was like, oh, my God, is Pink around somewhere? Like, no, oh, Pink, no, Pink ain't going to be around. It's him and Big B. But if you ever notice, Carrie will always have gloves on. Really? Yeah, he's, he's real He's real particular about that. Yeah. Uh, it does. You know what? You can't be a germaphobe in this world we live in. You get sick, you get better. <laughs> That's what it is. I, listen, I don't even want to talk about COVID, but you know but what? Think about that. how many it, hands that guy shakes, though. I mean, I kind of get it. Shake. Yeah, I know. I am. I'm, I went I'm to a bike that last night. People are hugging me. I'm a hugger, dude. I, for me. Dude, I no, too, I'm right not. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Hey, you know? Yeah, I don't. I, I, I sometimes forget that um, people are uh, more um, more susceptible than I am, I guess. I mean, I'm I, I don't know. I, I'm, I have a very weird way of looking at things. A very weird way, you know. I'm like I said. I'm I'm pretty argumentative at times, and and I'm really just a contrarian. I like to have a good time, though. That's that's the one thing that I'm doing in this industry that that keeps me here, even when things are tough. Because I've had some really tough times. I've had to sell everything I've owned a couple of times, you know, and I'm finally getting enough distance from those activities to where. You know, I see a little bit of light at the tunnel and I've got, you know, a really good team working here for me. And, uh, you know, I you're an entrepreneur, man, just like just like me. And 
I, I know as well as anybody, and it's a hard thing to say, but you got to fail and have some failures to know what the good stuff is to look at. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? And it, that's the stuff that I sit here and I go, man, I really don't want to fail. Like a lot of people don't know the Florida Motorcycle Expo. We brought in Daughtry and Buck right. Cherry and um, Uncle Cracker, right? Yeah, I kind of lost my ass on it. You know, I mean, but at the same time, I did something nobody else in the world is ever going to do. Nobody's going to bring Daughtry and Uncle Cracker and, and, and Buck Cherry to an event, you know, especially at Burt's. But you know what? It was fun. It was amazing. I, I I may have not, you know, we also had a tornado hit us. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, stuff Thursday happens. night, freaking uh, a tornado came through and, and literally almost destroyed the event. And the path of it went right across birds. Do you I remember know. this at all? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, oh God, it was bad. So, uh, but you know what? I, 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 the next day, a hundred bikers were out there getting us ready to, to open up, you know, so you know, you, you take a you take a, a down with an up, and you go, okay. You know what? We're back in the middle. Let's go, and, and just you got to have the the bad stuff to know what the good stuff really is. Yeah, and I think you have to have an open mind too, especially now, with how much things are changing right now, with how many things are different than what they used to be, with how many things can happen that we don't have any control over. You understand what I mean? Like we've got to be open-minded to new ideas of of how to do commerce and new ideas on how to get through this. And and when I say get through this, I'm talking about business, not, not this this COVID stuff. Let me, let me tell you, the idea has gone through my head where one day I will not print a printed magazine. You know, I've done that for 20 years of my life. And the idea going one day, this is not going to be there. It's all going to be online or on a phone or, or digital or whatever. It's, you know, and, it is what it is. I have to accept the fact that this may not always be here. It may, may be a couple copies that I just have in hand, but, you know, I grew up knowing print magazines, newspapers, blah, blah, blah. Hell, the Tampa Bay Times prints twice a week. Twice yeah. a week. I, you know, I, I used to, people would, we'd go to, we'd go to like Plant City Bike Night and there, somebody would be trying to sell me a, a newspaper subscription. I'm like, hey, I'm not, <laughs> no offense, but I'm not 80. <laughs> I don't know. I get my news. I get my news the way everybody else does, you know, and they're like, well, how do you get your news? I'm like, right here, right here in this little box that I kept carrying in my pocket, you know? It's too easy. Instead of having them come to you, we go to them now on the phone. It's in your phone. All I got to do is make sure you're looking at the right uh, page. So talk to me about the full throttle television because I just really, I mean, forgive me, I just found out about it this week and, and got tuned into it. And you do a show every Friday now, on, and that's on Facebook or on your website? So we use WeBeam TV Studios. Uh, WeBeam is uh, John Gaston and them. And uh, guys, he was with us back in the day. We were doing our live stream and, and we had the TriCaster. And, uh, you know, he's got shows and doing it all right now. So we go to the studios up in WeBeam TV Studios in Newport, in Port Ritchie. And we do a live show from noon to one every Friday. And, uh, you know, we talk about what events are coming up that weekend. Uh, we bring in guests. We, you know, we've done a million different things. Sometimes if he's busy, I'll run it right from my phone from my office. I did that two weeks ago. Right. Just to, you know, be on and talk about what's coming up. You know, like our big thing right now is I only got one event really planning, and that's our Soaked and Soares run that we're trying to go from Clearwater to Isle Morada. Now, the whole COVID crap throws it in there because right now the keys aren't open to people. You can't go down to the keys as a regular person right now. I didn't even know if you know that. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to process that in my head. On US one at the top of the keys, if you don't have a keys ID or a state that you, that you live down there, you can't get in there right now. Well, I didn't know that when I booked this. Ugh. You know, number one, that's unconstitutional. They're they're fighting against it because the keys 
uh, you know, live and survive on tourism, you know, boats in, boats out. Well, the boats aren't coming in and out. People coming down there on vacation and spending money. Well, that's not happening. So right now the Keys are dying, per se, because they don't have any kind of business down there. Right. So I said, let's go to Isla Morada. It's a great ride. It's a good time. Well, if they don't open that up by the 26th, which is when I go to print for our June issue, we were actually making a plan B that we might be going to St. Augustine for our okay. Soros ride. Right. So, you know, that's uh, and there's 700, 800 people on the event page right now looking at it, you know, saying either they're going or interested. And I think it's a perfect timing. Everybody that missed vacations and, you know, have been cooped up in the house. If you can do a nice 300 mile ride, go to a hotel you know, check out an area like St. Augustine or Isle Morata. Have a nice meal, have a few drinks, yeah. talk to some people, you know. Make friends, see people you haven't seen in a minute. Right? I think it could be a big, good ride. So, you know, I, I haven't sat on my um, on, on my butt and done nothing. I've Like I said, almost every day I'm doing a radio, a live stream, uh, you know, some kind of digital footprint, whether I'm doing it for my office or just out there promoting on Facebook uh, or Instagram. You know, printing the magazines, I had to, you know, I basically had to let my whole staff go, uh, you know, just because I can't afford them because nobody's buying ads right now. So right right now I I went back to the roots. It's just me and and Charlie's been around doing some stuff. I I heavily, you know, all my ads are half price now and I'm just trying to make it, you know, until uh, until things come back in October, November, December, wherever, whenever that is. Right. Is uh, is photography something that you still do? yourself you do it i mean you'd mentioned earlier that you did photography is that something that you're do you like doing is that is that something that you uh in the beginning i loved it i i, I shot uh, a lot of boudoir stuff for the night move city you know the girls and everybody's like oh i'll shoot a naked girl all day long i'm like yeah but if you don't know how to make that girl look good you know what it's hard to do and, and as, as hard as dumb as it's going to say shooting a naked girl and making her look pretty if she's not pretty, it's a hard thing to do. I'm sure you got to know angles if they're a big bottomed or big topped, or if they're, you know, and bikes. You know, you ever get down real low and shoot up from the ground on a bike? Yep. You know, victories remind me. You know, those big cross countries and everything remind me of a woman. They got those curves. Right. If you don't get the right angle on it, you don't see that bike in the right light. Yeah, you know it doesn't. I mean? It and, doesn't show well. It doesn't look at the right bike. There were some pictures that came out of uh, the show that uh, House of Machines show that was in uh in la last fall and um there was a bike that was really awesome from a really awesome builder but every picture that it was in it looked like a different motorcycle and i think (laughs) it probably would have won had it not or had a better chance of winning had it not i think it photographed it it photographed funny so it it, maybe it looked funny in, in person in some in some every angle it looked good some angles it looked amazing but it yeah. looked different and, than everyone. You know, you're, to answer your question, I wish I could say yes. I, you know, we all take pictures on our phones now. But I realized uh, about ten years ago that I didn't understand aperture and and all this stuff. And there's guys that were shooting pictures way better than I was. And I said, you know what? Like, I know my strengths and weaknesses. I'm a I'm a salesman. I'm a handshaker. I'm a graphic designer. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a you know. I know my paperwork is probably one of my worst things. <laughs> you know, you got to know your goods and your bads, right? And I, yeah. And you got to try to get people in your organization that, um, that can pick up and do what you're not bad, good yeah. at, you know, find somebody. I always tell people like, uh, and I've been a manager 
since I was 19, I would get him a set of keys to a store. And uh, one of the things that I was taught very early on is a good manager is always looking for their replacement because you can't move, you can't move forward if you're not, you know, if you're not, uh, if you don't have somebody to take your spot. That's true. Cause you're going to sit in that spot forever. You know, and, and like you're saying, I, I, I would bring in like Gamo uh, from no Gamo photography to do shoot photos. So, Cause I know he has an eye that I would, every time I saw pictures, I'm like, what a good shot. That's where I would have shot it from too. Right. So I know what I was looking for and he was getting those same shots. And one time he was like, you know, I try and get one, great shot each bike night and you know he goes i try and do a helmet shot something different you know somebody's helmet that they sit on their bike yeah hey, one of his things was every bike night he gets one cool helmet shot which is a great idea you would never think to go shoot a helmet on a bike but i i go back and now it's something i know in his photo- photography photographs i'm gonna go see that one helmet shot and go okay that's a pretty cool shot right there you know right and just Every, there's people that are great at certain things. I know what I'm good at and not good at. And I was, I figured I, I would just put the camera down and use my cell phone, <laughs> take pictures when needed. <laughs> well, anymore. I mean, if you have a iPhone 11 X 11 S max or some shit with three apertures and 4k video, my daughter, Amanda has one of those. And dude, you know, I was just talking with, you know, who Jeff Holt is. Of course. So I was just talking with him I earlier. I should be today. in this industry if I didn't know who he was. Well, you know, you, you would be surprised what people don't know. But I was talking with him today. I podcasted with him earlier today, and he was like, uh, "I asked him that question point blank: Are you shooting everything on DSLR or are you shooting everything on your iPhone?" And he's like, "Dude, he goes, I'm telling you right now, I won't tell you which photographs are on my Instagram that are shot with DSLR and which are shot with iPhone 11." He goes, "But." I've blown them up on a big 24-inch IMAX screen, and that's the only time you can see any washout difference. He goes, for for what you're doing for social media, most of everything works with, with an iPhone. Well, I remember the first time I shot, I got a smartphone, and I took a picture, and everything was done with the DSLRs and the big cameras you needed. Right. And, you know, you weren't taking serious if you didn't have a big camera. I remember having a small video one, and people were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm videoing. It's high def. It's 1080p. They're like, it was, you know, no bigger than a cigarette box. And they're like, that's not right. And I'm like, I don't know. This is, it's, And I shoot it, and it's a great video. And I'm like, but nobody takes you seriously. You don't should have, have a made like a. You should have made you know? like a, a cardboard box you put on your shoulder with that camera glued to the, <laughs> to the front. I thought about that because I said, what if I bought like that rig that goes around it, and I hold it like this, and it looks, you know, it's, it's a small little camera that worked. But uh, um, the, where the hell was I going with this? Oh, the first time I, I saw a camera take a, a picture that was big enough to use in a magazine. I said, Holy crap, that picture, that's a one K picture. Yeah. That's a, you gotta, I mean, what, what do you gotta have? Like uh 80, 800 DPI or something. To, to... Uh, we're 300, but I remember, you know, camera phones couldn't take pictures like that. You no, had to get no. a, you know, this big old 14 megapixel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I took a picture the other day and I sent it to my, and it's a, it's a, um, a you know, a one K or two K. I'm like, that's a cover shot on a phone. Right. I, you would never use a cover shot from a phone. Like you said, nowadays, these phones take such high pictures. And and again, how much technology is in this phone that we're using right here? And you're going to tell me 70 years ago we had enough technology to go to the moon? I'm sorry. I don't know if I buy that shit. That was only 50 years ago. 
Oh well, whatever. There was you know no technology. I mean. Yeah, I mean, there they wasn't had a room, the technology. They had a room the size of my building, full of computers, that that didn't have as much memory as much RAM as this, right? <laughs> yeah, but they had yeah, a clear. But, they had a clear phone it. call. The calls are still dropping on this, but we were talking to somebody at the moon. I, I just, I, I, it's not important. It's to me, it's not important that we went. It's more important that they said that we did, and, and I don't think we did. And there's no way to prove we it. We had right? to beat Russia. We had to beat Russia. Oh yeah, I get it. why they did. Why they lied. Oh I, yeah. <laughs> I get it's why the they government. Lied. We, we they lie just because it's it's what they do. You know. Right. So, talk, can we talk in in? Can you talk candidly about so? Sure. Quaker Steak and Burt's being across the street from each other. I know there was a competitive event going on before, and I'm listen. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about. How how I I don't know that the other individual. It, first off, is your relationship still good with Quaker Steak? We have since our fallout. We have recently gotten back together, and Bill Church and I are, are are on the same terms again. Yes. Okay. So are Bill Church and and Bert um, friendly? Yes. Amiable. Uh, to, you know. To, to the point where, you know, last this expo we did, you know, they worked together and stuff like that. One was so, yes, to the point uh, where now when Bert's puts a restaurant in, that's when we're going to see if that where that goes. You know what I mean? Because Bert's tentative plan is to put a restaurant in there. And when that happens now, we'll see how the how those can, you know, can I just say that from the outside looking in that my knee jerk reaction to that is, is Quaker Steaks, Quaker Steak has always had a very good event there. And has always spilled over until other areas of parking lots and hotels and the restaurant that's I don't even know if it's still not open that's behind the hotel behind Quaker Steak. But <laughs> if it is, it's closed again. It isn't it yeah. isn't it logical to assume that let's just say okay, you know, how many people in two in twenty fifteen, how many people attended your event, the the expo? Approximately. I mean you gotta have uh, some sort of a number, right? Police estimated between twenty and thirty thousand over okay. the weekend. Over the course of the weekend. Okay. Yes, sir. So four days? Uh back then was three days, just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're we're estimating ten thousand a day then. Let's just can we just say ten thousand a day? Roughly. Yeah. Okay. So we know how many people fit at Quaker Steak. Let's say we can fit the same number of people over at Burt's. Okay. Can Quaker Steak feed twice as many people in that day? Do you see where I'm going with this? Like, it, I I might not go to that event because I'm not going to be um, not me personally, but I'm saying you know like somebody that's coming from Lakeland, I don't want to go over there because Quaker Steak. It, there's going to be too many people. I'm, there's just going to be too many people. Not enough restaurants. I don't know where anything is over that side of town. Blah 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 blah. So it, it just would stand to reason that that could be viewed as one one venue. I mean, like, uh, well, agreed. Well, we had food trucks at Burt's, so. Yes, because no, he can't feed that many people. In fact, it was a, there was a hard time this year. You know, you had if you were eating a Quaker, you you were eating a Quaker. If you were eating a Burt's, there was food trucks and places right. to sit and eat and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, you're right with that with the amount that the expo's grown from those years. Yeah, you, you got to feed more people and get more more options. Yeah, I just think that there's I think there's opportunity for people. Like I'm I'm not a teams guy, so. Last year, we I put my first motor or was involved with the first event that I've ever done that was of any scale at all last year, and you know we 
we had help from you. We had help from local area people that put on events in this area, not motorcycle events, but just do events. Um, we learned a ton, made a ton of mistakes, figured out a ton of things. We've correct, you know, corrected our course for this year and we were supposed to have it in four weeks from now and that's not going to happen. Uh, we're oh, going to have, wow. a, I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah. It was supposed to be June, uh, 13th and 14th. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's so, the weekend of the Soros. Yep. So we have now moved it to the first weekend in December. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know how it just in my brain, we were having our first meeting back after uh, Daytona Bike Week. And I said, look, I'm just going to be real honest with everybody and tell you that I think we need to we need to be the first group of people to go to that venue and tell them we need a different date instead of the last people to go to that venue. And we did. And thankfully, we got the best date we could get. And I think we're going to be great. I think it's going to be in December. There's not a, there's no pressure from other motorcycle events. We're going to have all the snowbirds are going to be down here. We're going to have the only one I know the first weekend of December is uh, birds does their toy run on Sunday, the first Sunday in December. I, I did hear but, that, but that's on Sunday. We're Saturday. Yeah. So, and that's an early day. If, if you, you, are you guys open on Sunday? Yeah, we're going to be open. It's going to be a two day event this year. Okay. So, I mean, they could come afterwards. So, cause that, yeah. So packed or they could come end. Saturday and not have to come on Sunday. There you go. I mean, um, and whoever, so that was the only thing that I could think of in, in early December. But the chances are you're going to have fantastic weather. You know, the yes, rain sir. chances are generally a little bit less. You're going to have more opportunity for the snowbirds will be down up in Zephyr Hills and down out along the coastline where you guys get to see them. And so, are you going to be some outside then too? Because I know you're an inside venue. No, so. we got a giant. We got a bigger room. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So we've got enough room for semis and and everything. So very cool. Yeah. And so we've changed our format a little bit and when, you know, I don't want to let all the cats out of the bag on this. I, I can tell you, you know, sometime off the air, but, um, we've got some really, really good surprises for what it is. And I learned from doing an event that the scope of the event is what the event looks like is, is such a small piece of putting it together. That there's so much planning that goes ahead uh, ahead of schedule and so much money and so many unknowns and that that I, I was approached by um, another individual and flat out accused to my face that uh, I was on a certain I was on team full throttle and I wasn't on their team and, and I had to tell the individual look dude I'm not on nobody's team I'm not, I'm on team us and if we can't all sit at the table and have a meal uh, then you know then you can't come. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And so and I, I unfortunately, I know who you're talking about. And that it stinks because that there's a lot of that in this community, too. Unfortunately, there's politics and everything. Yeah. And I, I look for the best. My job is to make your event successful. Sure. And that's how I treat my job. My yeah. job is to put you in here, make sure everybody knows about your event. And if your event is 10, 20,000 people deep and you bought advertising with me, then I did my job. That's that's it. That's I don't look at, you know. I have my cost for my stuff. You have your cost for your stuff. I just want every event to be successful. If I put right. on a bike night and two people show up, I didn't do my job right. No, and that's I, how I treat it. Sometimes, sometimes that's your fault. Sometimes it's not, not your fault, but you understand what I'm saying. What happened yeah. to, there was a, there was a pretty big talk a year and a half ago about putting something together in Holly Hill for, for, for bike week, uh, with full throttle. Oh, so we had the, that property. Oh, is there, so is the there, property, is there still, I mean, is that a desire that you have to have, a a, a a footprint in, in a signature event over in Daytona. That's a, that's a signature Florida event for Florida full throttle. That was more of an opportunity that came up. Uh, the property in Holly Hill, that's across from big Tony's chop shop. 
okay. was it's a big blank property, just grassy. And they did something there one year at bike week. And uh, I want to say um, uh, one of the older bands uh, played there and, and it was awesome. I remember going to it and thinking it was a great thing. And the option was there and, you know, we're good at, at what we do when it comes to getting stages, uh, knowing how to advertise it, how to pull the permits, who to get on the back end for the trash and the ice and the beer and the alcohol. That's all stuff that you never think about when you're putting on an event, you know, until you get to it and go, oh, did you pull this permit? Did you get with the city? Uh, where's all the ice coming from? Where's the trash going? You know, it's like, my God, you don't think about that. Where are you getting the racks from? Where, you know, the, the barricades. Barricades right. are an expensive ass thing that you don't think about. You got to have them though. So these are all things, and, and we had an opportunity. And I come back and said, you know what? Our thing at Bike Week is bike shows. And I love our bike shows. We do usually nine, ten bike shows during the whole week of Daytona. With, of course, our biggest one being uh, the Boardwalk Bike Show. That is the Coupe de Gras when it comes to bike shows in Daytona. You know, besides Baddest Bagger and Willie's Tropical you well, know, and, and we all have our days. No, let's just let's back up on that. You're you're not you're not wrong by saying that. There is a there is a certain kind of motorcycle that goes to the boardwalk show. I mean, Willie's is is a is a, arguably a hand built show. Uh, you and know, Willie's I mean, is one of my favorite shows to go to. Uh, I absolutely love Willie's Tropical Tattoo Show. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is don't don't you don't you're not besmirching the show that you're involved with because of that. I mean, Baddest Bagger is you know that's kind of Corey's deal, right? You know, what I mean, to some degree, is no Baddest Bagger is not yeah. Corey, is it? No, it's a uh, Paul. Uh, God, give me his name, Redhead Paul. Paul uh, Yaffe. Yaffe's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So well, he's a hamster too. Him and Corey are both hamsters, but, um, you know, I've been to baddest bagger. That's one that's at destination. Is it not? Yeah. Friday at destination. And then of course, rats hole, you have rats hole on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we're Friday and Friday okay. is we go against baddest bagger, but our, our show in, at the boardwalk, number one has the best pictures you could take. I mean, you have the pier, you have the, you have the water, ocean. you have girls in bikinis walking around and your bike is right there. Literally steps away from the, the, the sand, the beach and you spend the day on main street. It's like, you know, we, this year was one of our biggest bike shows we've done in all of doing it. And I want to say we had 170 entries or something like bike, that. I wanted to break that 200. Bike week was amazing this year. Oh, it, it, it was, it, 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 it was, I was overwhelmed. Well, happy and, and, you know, I mean, it'll never be what it was back in the day. It, you know, sure. main street will never be what main street was. And obviously beach street's gone. But man, I had a good time. It was a good time, and and to be the the vehicle that runs one of the biggest bike shows in Daytona, and, and I, I give all the respect to again all the the Ratzel, the the Willies, but I think the Boardwalk is the Coupe de Gras when it comes to Daytona Bike Week. It's it's the picture you see on everything when they say, "Oh, Daytona Beach Bike Week," and you see the Boardwalk with all the people and all the bikes and you know and the beach and the water, and it's that picture you always see, and it's it's awesome because I put a lot of years into that. You know, right. a lot of years in the, on the back end of that, working my ass off for very little to, to the one day when, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank, unfortunately, to the gentleman that turned it over to me. Um, but it was uh, it was awesome when he said, you know what, it's time for you to take over. You have full throttle. You have the attorney. You have everything that that this event needs. And I think you could take it to the next level. And I, I was I was like, that's it. This is what we're going to do here. We're going to do bike shows in, in Daytona. And we do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, look, I've never been to a bad bike show of yours. I've never been to a bad bike night of yours. Thanks, man. That's a, that's a I good mean, compliment. You know, I'll take that. I wish you I would do, do a few. 
I wish you could do or would do. I wish there was something going on on this side of town for you. I mean, I know it's I far too. away, but there's a lot for me. There's a, we're not Hillsboro though. We're Polk. Uh, even farther. There's I know. A, I know, but there's a lot of money out here. There really is. I'm down. You know what? It's and and I sit here in this chair and go. It just takes somebody with that idea and the money to make it happen. You know, I, it's unfortunate. I sell advertising and and all of our stuff is done on that. So to come over there, number one time and, and, and effort and all that is nothing to promote it right to get it big to get the people there to right. have the prizes to to invest in yourself that's the hard thing is coming up with that company that has that money and goes okay yes it's going to be two three grand to do this but in the beginning and then when it gets big then i can cut back instead of two three grand it'll cost maybe fifteen hundred a thousand no, fuck it. but keep charging two know, or three grand so you can make money well, and, and that's it. And that's people. People Dude, don't like don't, the fact listen, when you go and don't margin. I don't, I don't let I don't let anybody tell me what my time is worth. And you neither should you. I mean, you put on a good event for Christ's sake. You have Buck Cherry, Daughtry, Uncle Cracker. Those are not has been's at any by any stretch of the imagination. None. No. I mean, was, I thought it was, it was pretty cool. You had Quiet Riot two years ago or three years ago. I thought that was cool. I mean, you know, it's not quite Quiet Riot, but it's still, you know, I mean, when I was a kid. Uh, you know, when I was a teenager, that was a big band in the early eighties and stuff. You know what I mean? That was, that was good shit. That was good. Shit. And it's, uh, let me tell you, man, like the meetings we had about who we were going to book last year. Now I went way overboard on pricing and that, that was one of my, my things. I probably shot myself in the foot, but I had visions of, of grandeur that I wanted to show this community and, and the rest of the world in this area that, Hey, full throttle magazine can bring in Daughtry. Daughtry doesn't play harley davidson dealerships dutchy plays stadiums you yeah. know what i mean dutchy doesn't go to you know to the point where he was just under six figures to bring him in oh i i, I mean dude people, i know I've, I've got friends that are professional musicians i know how much it costs so it was like i'm gonna do this and it's gonna be amazing and i had the motorcycle community you know a couple of them bitching because it was 20 bucks it's like girlfriend you can't go see any of these bands for 20 bucks you know, you can't go see, you know, maybe Buck Cherry. And I don't know if I'd book them again because they were kind of prima donnas. I like them, but they're whatever. But Uncle Cracker, you can't go see for 20 bucks. <laughs> you can't go see the Daughtry for 20 bucks. I mean, I, I thought our lineup was great. And again, if I didn't get hit by a goddamn tornado, I, I probably would have made a profit. But you got to do what you got to do. We had people hurt, man. I'll tell you. You ever been in a tornado? I'm not direct hit, but I've been in I've been in some pretty, you know, terrifying. Most terrifying thing in my in my entire life. There's a point we're we're bikers. Nothing scares us. We're riding. Oh, no, I get scared. Like you dude, lightning. I'm afraid of lightning. I'm just saying, man. I won't go get my fucking tra trash can from the road if it's lightning. <laughs> won't do it. I was I was out in it and I I I saw it. I was I was looking out. We're backing out the truck and I said, "Oh my god, there it is! Run!" If we were standing where we were, a fence would have lifted up and, and went on top of us. There was a point when I was running for cover that it was like this is it don't worry about anybody else worry about yourself run and get into some building because this you're gonna you're gonna die it was like i've never had that feeling before where i i, I stopped and i don't want to say caring about the people around me but i stopped worrying where they were and i said save yourself go well, run and well, get in the building what happens is you have I don't know, i've been in some other i've never had i've never gotten scared from from that but i've had other situations uh that were unfavorable where I saw my life flash before me and uh, you, your instinct to survive comes in and it's not immediate. Like who's, who's standing next to me. It's like, how do I get out of this? 
How do I get out of this situation? (laughs) And I felt bad because one of the girls that was with us got hit by a piece of metal that was flying, sheet metal that, and she had to go get stitches. And we were, at one point, we're climbing over fences and under stuff because it was all mangled. Yeah. I mean, it was like war zone. I'm like, people are like, come this way. And you look and you're like, oh, look, there's a path. You get through. I was like, wow, this is, it was. uh, That's surreal. (laughs) It was absolutely surreal. I, I don't, I haven't talked about the story in a minute. And I'm sitting here thinking about it in my head. Because the, the fence, we, we hid behind a big generator, and a fence came and wrapped around that. So we had to climb out behind this generator under a fence. Guys were lifting it up while rain's coming in sideways so we could get around it. I got a phone call that says the girls got hit by something on the other side of the building. And we're like, what? They're like, we need you here now. And it's hitting at that point. We're like, the girls are hurt. Let's run. So we came around lifting and climbing and, and going underneath stuff and it was like I, i'd never been in a war zone and i i respect every military person that's out there but it had to be something like that it, it felt like it yeah that's uh that's very surreal Ugh, I, it gives me it makes my skin crawl now thinking about it so let's talk about the uh, expo coming up for 2021 yeah all right i mean, I mean you know I, we're gonna do it right it's all intents and purposes yes i i have a game plan that i am going to move the date Okay. Because I don't like the weather, um, you know the, the it's been epic, cold. Uh, it's been rainy. We've I, every year, yeah. But I figure now, if March comes in like a lion, it goes out like a a lamb. So I'm gonna say let's do after Bike Week. Really? You know, I'm, I'm down. Thinking, I'm down because for everybody that. gets their bike. My big thing is our big. Our, you know, I gave away fifteen thousand dollars in my Bike Builder Invitational, I and I couldn't get people to come. Because they're like, well, we're finishing bikes for bike week. We're we're hammered. We, we, we're trying to finish for bike week. We're trying to finish for bike week. And it's like, okay, I'm tired of hearing that answer. You know, so if you're going to finish for bike week, okay, let bike week get all the big hoorah and do that. Come well, to my show after. You do you know? arguably have the best show at bike week. We just talked about That's that. Why, so let and, them get and I for that. Cherry pick the ones I want. I was to just going to say, yeah, pick some, pick some ones and, you know, and have, have some, have some builders there. And, uh, you know, I, I, like the, have you seen the slick Rick's, uh, invites going out, uh, for the slick Rick show? I've not a Rick slick, slick Rick. I don't know. I've seen a lot of the builders. Well, we sent out personal invites too. Like you're personally invited. Now we made handmade. I even bought a, now I try, I'm trying to make our shit cool as hell. We bought a handmade wax stamp that says full throttle. That's bitching. I like that. Even shit. made the envelopes. So we had brown paper. We would make the envelope. Put the handmade metal trophy in there with your invite, had the wax, melted it, put the full throttle stamp on it, and we put it in the mail to you and said, you are personally invited. I, to the see, I haven't seen expo. one of those because I've never been personally invited to your motor. So let me tell you. <laughs> when, and that was that was my brother's doing. Dude, now, that's classy, my, man. Yeah, my brother moved on to bigger and better things. He's working with Freedom Boat Club now. I couldn't afford him. He, he's a retired military chief, uh, Navy chief. And um, just it's hard to keep him. Sure. Contained. He is Mr. On the go. And he's already he started with Freedom Boat Club, which is, do you know, Freedom Boat Club. At I all? don't know. So you can it, it's like a membership boat club. There's like uh, 27 of them in the Tampa area. And if you join it, you can take a boat out of any one of those. Oh, I've time. heard of that. OK. Yeah, I didn't know that that so, was, but I, I've heard of that now. And uh, he started with them on the docks, and uh, I believe in the next couple months he's moving up to COO of the company. So he's uh, he's that guy. You know, it's hard to keep him. You know, he sees something, he's like, "Hey, this needs to be done. This needs to be done." He went to the owner. The owner's like, "Okay, do it." He did it. They're like, "Okay, well now you're in charge of that." 
and then they like him and he's got a good work ethic and it's like, okay, well now you're moving up to this. And like in, I don't know, a year and a half, he's going from working on the docks to possibly being the COO of the company. That's fucking <laughs> rad. That's yeah. good, man. I love hearing stuff like that, you know? He's a worker. But he came up with some of these ideas and he was like, let's get a wax. And I looked it up and it was, I mean, it, to do some cool stuff, sometimes it's pretty cheap. To buy wax and a stamp, it doesn't cost a lot, but you got to see the idea and do it. And you're like, okay, that's awesome. Let's I do really this. like and that. That's a very, very clever, very clever idea. I like that a lot. It was fun. I mean, it was expensive because the we put metal trophies in there and it said, you know, you are personally invited. It wasn't, you got a trophy just to go to the show, you know, that you put on your desk going, holy crap, I'm invited to this handmade thing and, and come to the show. You know, and that's the idea is I want our show to be that top notch upper echelon, but it's hard to get the guys out of their shops. It's hard to get the guys to leave for multiple days to come to Florida. Number one, nobody's close to Florida. You know what I mean? If we were, you know, somewhere Midwest, it'd be a little easier to get everybody. You know, that's why they do the, the, the aim expo up in Cincinnati. It's, you know, logistically, you know, four hours from everybody, you right? Know? The Florida, it's like, well, come down because you got to spend a day and bring the family, go to Disney. Yeah, that's the way. You know? That's the hook, right? That's how. Yeah, we hook and I them. told a lot of them, come out, uh, come early, go to drop your bikes off at the show, spend a day at Disney the next day, come back and then enjoy the bike show. You know, Saturday and Sunday. That's what right. you should do. Yeah, absolutely. We're probably going to get a big band. I, I don't see me doing three big bands this year. I'm sorry, I don't know if you. No, I'm ready. To, that's what that's you know? what, that's what I wanted to hear about. It was perfect. So I, I see us doing one big band maybe Saturday night and doing a lot of good local you know bands, maybe some up and comers. Um, definitely got to work on the sponsorships. That's what makes it all run, you know. But uh, I see it being, you know, I got to downscale a little bit. I did chew, chew off more than I can uh, bite off more than I could chew last year. So. I, but I'm still going to do the bike show, still going to do everything the way it is. Great vendors. You know, Burt's should be completely open by then, not with their restaurant, but at least with their dealership. Right. Which gives me a whole lot of uh, more space to work with. You know, they're they're going to have a, a pavilion, um, you know, Quaker Steak and Luber back in good terms with. So that's that's in good shape. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we had a fallout there for a little bit, and about, everything's back to good graces. Never burn a bridge, right? That's good, man. Well, Cool, man. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see this being anything that can't, can't happen. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I would agree with you. I, I tend to think that you've been cursed with some, some odd weather at the very least for the last <laughs> few years. I can remember I we, when I we did it in, with. uh, in 15, it was so cold. It was freezing cold, cold, cold and wind. And it's like, I, I choose the wrong, the worst weather. And I look in the farmer's almanac too. I even go to those at that, that extent to go, what was this weekend like? Is it going to be? And then this year was weird because you had the leap year in there. So it wasn't right. the right same weekends. Sure. And then now you have the Super Bowl coming into that same time. And I said, you know what? And Tampa I'm Bay is going to be in the Super Bowl. So I hope so, man. In, in Tampa Bay? You kidding me? But if you can sit here and I can go, okay, I need to get away from the Strawberry Festival, from the fair from Super Bowl, from Bike Week. I need to get away from all of this crap that happens early in the year, which is when I've been doing my show, and make it its own time. And I figured two weeks after Bike Week, you get back, you go home, you had a great time. Two weeks later, you're like, okay, I'm ready for another event. Now right. we got the expo, you know? I'm hip, dude. I think it's great. That's the game plan. You're the king of Tampa That's Bay, dude. You're the motorcycle event king of Tampa Bay. 
I, I like to, you know what? In my own head, I think that sometimes, but I know it's so not. Hey, true. heavy is the head that wears the crown, dude. You'll get no sympathy from me. No, man, oh. I appreciate. I listen. I appreciate. I appreciate. Here's what I really appreciate about appreciate about you. Number one, you're present. Number two, you're engaged. And uh, I don't always agree with you. I mean, you and I both know no, we, we you and I have clashed and, and butted heads, but I respect you. And uh, I, I want to see you be successful because Thank we you, need we need good quality people in this industry. And like I was telling, I don't even remember who I was talking to, but you uh, you're in this industry. You're in a much different part of this industry than I am. But you are part of the motorcycle community. You're a part of the motorcycle industry. And we need people like you, uh, people like me that create content. I need someone like you because I need to have these conversations or there's no content from well, my... we're dying breed, man. These kids, kids don't want to build bikes. Kids want to play video games. Well, now I'm a gamer. These are my gamer headsets. So I grew up in that era. You and I aren't too far off on age. I don't think, but, um, I mean, the kids aren't building bikes like like we need to get kids out there hammering or changing oil Dude, with their dads. The twenty five to that. fifty flannel and Dickies crowd, <laughs> those guys. I mean, we get them to come in here. Uh, they need they need an outlet. They need a place to to come and hang out. These, you know, here's what I'll tell you. I'm I'm not a fan of cyber bike shops. Amazon is not a motorcycle shop. And I'm, you know, we need we need you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And I'm. You know, but I, I do. I listen, man. I really, I appreciate you. I respect you. Your opinion is is very valuable to me, even when I dis just you know when I don't agree with it. When I disagree, you and with I your don't opinion. agree on a lot of things. People don't realize that when no. it comes to bikes, it's like, well, there's two different styles out there. That's no, and sure. you know, like different. you have you have what you do, and you're very good at what you do, and I respect what you do, and I will always support and attend your events because I think that you're there for the right reasons. And listen, I don't want to see you go anywhere. I want to see you. I want to see you prosper. I want to see you have a good year. Um, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to not ride to Sturgis. I'm going to sit my fat ass in an air-conditioned truck like I do every year. Um, <laughs> but I have a theory about that, too. And, you know, people are always trying to get me to ride to Sturgis, and I will eventually. There's a couple things I need to do. But I like to spend time in Sturgis. Me and too, so yeah. I like to get there in a, in a very expeditious manner. And what a lot of people don't know is when I go to Sturgis, I have to go to Texas and pick up Cody, and then we go up from there. You know, that's, oh, that's, that's my dude. So I, that's my chance, my chance to spend a day or two in Abilene. So when I leave here, I leave here on Tuesday, I go to Abilene. I'm at Abilene in Abilene for a day and a half. And then we get going and then we show up Sturgis Saturday, do the FXR show Sunday, do Jeff's show on Monday. On Tuesday is usually the Sportster showdown. Wednesday's the Parowitz paint show. Tell me you get to ride sometime because that I don't ride. isn't about shows. No, I don't ride Sturgis at all. Sturgis is about ride. Oh, nope. my God, No, nope. I'm not. Listen, Let I get shit all you. the time. I will go. If somebody wants oh. to go riding, the last place I'm going to go riding for to go ride and ride and ride and whatever is at an event like that. And I know I see you in Sturgis oh, so and I good. see you in Daytona. I know it is. and But I'm there. It, you got to remember, like I said before, my friends don't live by me. And so my friends are Paul at Bare Knuckle Choppers. My friends are Cody in, in Abilene. Jeff Holt, who lives in Anaheim, is moving to Phoenix. I mean, those are the dudes, Pat from Lead Sled up in Dayton. Those are the dudes. See, all the guys that I don't really know, which is cool because that's a whole different demographic that I don't even really touch. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are, these are my dudes. And so when I see those guys, that's my high school reunion once a year is I get to, get to hang with those, with those cats there. And, all you know, right. 
Aaron Green from Paramount. That's the only place I see him is in Sturgis anymore. You know, I used to see him in Daytona, and I used to see him at the V-Twin Expo, which I wish they would do again in Cincinnati oh, and all those yeah. things. I miss those. So what I'm saying to you is, is that we need events. We need event promoters, and I appreciate what you do. And you. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to a prosperous year here, and, and I wish you nothing but all the best. Thank you. And I think it's going to come around. I think they, we got to get through this stupid COVID crap and let the world start moving back the way it is. And you know what? I, like I said, once you open the floodgates with this, it's, it's not going to stop. The beaches, you're not going to stop the people going back to the beaches. No. Nope. People are tired of the government telling them what to do. I don't want to get political on this. But no, that's you know fine. What? You know, the one stat, the one stat I'm going to throw out there, 86% of the deaths that happened from this COVID were 65 and older people. And I'll throw another stat at you, and then and then we can leave it at that. Yesterday, it was reported Florida and Georgia were the two states that opened up the soonest. Cases are down fourteen percent in both states, and we're still testing. We're still testing more people. So, so I mean, it's the there's flattened. something about the sun and vitamin D. Get the you know, and and, and at some point, you got to feel like somebody's there's ulterior motives on this whole program that they're telling us to not leave our house and they're going to take care of us, but they're not, you know, yeah. it's not happening. Nope. It's so, not happening. And guys like not. you and my, you and me that are considered essential or non-essential. I don't know what we're considered. We just got to keep our heads down and keep working. Well, you had, a, I mean, which is great. You had a shop. I saw a couple of your, your live streams. You still were doing stuff, man. It put a talk about hitting the brakes. I mean, Nobody paid a bill. Nobody bought an ad. Nobody did anything for two months with me. I mean, the day they shut it down at Bike Week, I knew I was in for an uphill battle. It's like, okay, so bars are closed and restaurants are closed and gatherings are closed. Well, that's my my bread and butter. That's what you what do. the hell am I gonna do? Well, <laughs> I'm let's, like, Shit. let's get together. Let's get together here. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up on this, but I want you to stay on because I want to talk to you off the air. But um. I appreciate you. Tony, go check him out. He's on Instagram. It's Florida Full Throttle, right? Uh, yeah, it. I think our Instagram, we're late on that. You're, yeah, I'm Florida looking at Full you. Full Throttle yeah. Magazine. Yeah, Florida it's Full really Throttle long. Magazine. Uh, and then you're, you have a personal page too. And, uh, right? Our Facebook is our big our big hitter. So just look up uh, Full Throttle Magazine and, and, and or Florida Full Throttle Magazine on Facebook. We got 146,000 fans. We are active as hell on there. Um, I just, uh, my brother was running our, our Instagram. I just uh, got the codes for that. So I'm starting to do some more on there. And, uh, and again, we're, we do a lot of live streams. Our, we just updated our face, our website. Go check that out, floridafullthrottle.com. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just staying busy with everything. You can read the magazine for free on there from wherever you're at. Right on. All right, Tony, hang on for a second here. I'm going to put this off. Listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening.